morning, Katie. Welcome to Have You Ever Heard Of, a history podcast. Where we talk about people from history you may or may not have heard of. <laughs> How are you today on the 6th of October? <laughs> it is the 6th of October. But not for you who are listening. I don't know when it is for you who are listening, because you could be listening to it any time, couldn't you, really? That's true. You could be listening to this well in the... Maybe this made its way into space, and it's like aliens... You know yeah. how they've sent, like... Who did they send to space? Beethoven or Mozart or something. Oh, really? Into space, yeah. And um, then maybe aliens are listening to this. Um, what have you been up to? What have I been... We, have been, we just finished watching something. Or we just watched something. What was it? It's gone. <laughs> it was. It made a big impact on you. <laughs> Huge impact. Oh, that's it. We started watching Brave New World. That was it. Oh, is it good? Uh... It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we we're going to watch it, and instead we started watching Succession. So oh, yeah. Maybe I won't watch it then if it's not, <laughs> if it's underwhelming. I mean, like, I've only watched, like, a couple of episodes. I did, like, carry on watching it, so, I mean, it can't be terrible. Yeah, but then, like, sometimes you just carry on watching stuff because you've got nothing else to do. It did follow, like, the uh, Walking Dead final, though. I was watching that beforehand, so it might have been underwhelming because... Of that, because it felt like followed something that was explosive. I speaking of dystopia, I'm reading. I'm reading a book called the The Memory Police, which is a shortlisted. You know how there's like the Booker Prize. Mm. There's like the International Booker Prize, which is books translated. So Booker Prize has to be in English. Okay. The international is translated works. This is um. Yeah, called the Memory Police, and it's basically this really strange but awesome concept where it's like the Memory Police kind of decide to like erase things, and then you kind of just they just like disappear. So imagine like if they just decided to erase post its, and then like all post its <laughs> like kind of just went away. Okay, and then you eventually forgot they ever existed. Intriguing. It's kind of like that. So I've just started it, and it's. I like dystopia. It's one of my favourite genres, if not my favourite genre. I do like a bit of dystopia. I, I think this one's going to be good. Sweet. <laughs> this week is Dyslexia Awareness Week. Did you know that? I did not know that. Well, I am dyslexic. And um, I'd like to share with everyone that this week is, well, now last week, but you can still think about it on Monday, is Dyslexia Awareness Week. And, you know, being dyslexic to me, I mean, it's mild in my case but it does, did cause some problems like growing up learning to read i couldn't read until i was six uh-uh. yeah my spelling is absolutely atrocious i mean you should see me trying to see the spell the word receive like it's an absolute <laughs> shit show but yeah you know if a sexy person asks you to spell something this is my one tip do not spell it phonetically don't be like if you're spelling like receive be like re receive that doesn't help us. Like, <laughs> you need to spell the actual letters. You need to be like, R-E. Like, it does not help me at all. I'm like, okay, but what what letters make up those sounds? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my tip for people who are encountering dyslexic people. Yeah, I do feel sorry for you guys. I mean, like, the English language is hard enough to get anyway. I mean, like, there's numerous different sounds for G-H. Plow, yeah. pluff, though. What? Laugh. One yeah. ra- One rule, please. No. Engl- 
Spanish language has the most words in, in any language as well. Yeah. It's like, why are there so many? <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I read a lot, so it helps, because reading is one of the greatest things in the world. You have to do, I don't know if you've ever done a dyslexia test, but there's like a whole series of things you have to do. So there's like a reading bit, a spelling bit, and then like a memory bit. Mm. And like a shapes, a shapes awareness bit as well. Like there's a whole different, because you can be different types of dyslexic. So my form is like spelling. Mm. Whereas like the memory bit, I absolutely smashed. There's a bit where you have to remember numbers like forward. And okay. then they ask you to try and do them backwards. And I completely smashed it up. Oh, okay. But with the spelling bit, I was like, spell what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not particularly good at spelling. I should be a lot better at spelling, considering, considering what my that's job, your is. job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what spell checkers for. I know exactly. If I didn't have like a computer, that could be screwed. If it was the old days, I wouldn't be writing. The olden days. <laughs> um, well, I definitely wouldn't be writing because they wouldn't have taught me how, would they? They were like a woman. <laughs> Speaking of the olden days, you talk about the olden days. Let's talk about them olden days, them good old olden days. This is quite an olden days one. Really? Um, How olden days are we talking? Not like... Okay, well, we're talking 1600s. This is early modern. Okay. Um, So I'm going to ask you if you've heard of this person. If you haven't, I'm gonna just going to start, and then at some point you'll realise who I'm talking about. <laughs> Sounds good. But you might have heard of them. <laughs> so, have you ever heard of Rebecca Nurse? No. Okay, I'm going to start talking, and then at some point you're going to realise what I'm talking about. Okay. And then it will click. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, Rebecca Nurse was born in Great Yarmouth in Norfolk on in February 1621. So her father was William Town, it's Town with an E at the end, and her mother was Joanna Blessing. They married on the 25th of April 1620, and he was like a farmer, gardener, kind of, you know, type guy, rural yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rebecca was their firstborn, and she was baptised on the 21st of February, 1621. So people sometimes put that as her birth date, but it's not actually confirmed. A bit like Shakespeare, you know, when he was, like, baptised on a certain day, so we assume that his birthday was 23rd of April, whatever. Yeah. She's the same. It's not actually her birthday, it's her baptised day, so... But we don't know what her actual birthday was. Um, times are, like, really hard at this time, when Rebecca was born... The next three years saw, like, incredibly bad harvests through excessive rain. Oh, boy. You know, she's already born, not really enjoying life. UK being the UK, rain and that. <laughs> exactly. Down. It's been raining, like, this whole week, so it's appropriate. <laughs> um, Rebecca's younger brother, John, was born in 1623, and he died soon after, and his sister, Susanna, was born in 1625, but she also died. Crops started to improve, and just as they were improving, the plague comes along <laughs> and sweeps the region. So that was really fun. And when that ended, crops were bad again. So it was just this big cycle of plague and bad so crops. just a sandwich of shit then. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, but then her brother Edward was born, and he lived. So she finally has a sibling, a younger brother Edward. Uh, the price of grain actually doubled that year as well. And some people resorted to theft or selling tools and stuff that they didn't need because grain was so expensive. By 1632... When they were when they went thieving, do you reckon they only like stole sacks from like store like sheds? Or do you reckon they went into fields and just cut some down for themselves? 
I don't know. Maybe they did. Nighttime, like, I guess it would be like the equivalent of grain scrumping. When I was actually um, researching this, they... Saw, I saw some instances of like the thieving yeah. and one of them was like and there was this guy who was going around Colchester like stealing <laughs> and I was like oh of course they're going around Colchester Dan's <laughs> stomping around Sea town okay so by 1632 she has another younger brother Jacob and crops were finally improving but Ooh. something else was happening at this time and this was like religious unrest in England obviously so bishops were like clapping down on nonconformists and Puritans, and the towns were one of these things, like Puritans. East Anglia was like full of Puritans. Yeah, I can definitely yeah, see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rebecca like attended Sabbath every week and listened to sermons. She was religious. She was into it. Um, so the Bishop of London. He was like at that time like the head bishop. So you know now how now it's like the Bishop of Canterbury. Mm. Back then it was like the Bishop of London. Oh, how do you lose that spot then? You would have thought like London. I don't know. It's London. It's London. London guys. It's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. Weird, huh? But um maybe he was just in charge of this particular like stomping down or something. But he started like clapping down on um, what was actually being said in sermons, not just like giving them, but like what was literally being said. Okay. And misses that didn't want to do this, they basically like went to like give their sermons like on the side, you know, like in town halls or wherever. Like A back you know, alley sermons. Back alley sermons. <laughs> <laughs> and they were replaced with clergymen who would conform to the Bishop of London's like stomping down. How did he like keep tabs on everyone? Just had like deacons or something like in the hiding behind the curtains <laughs> yeah he had like clergymen that were like okay with what he was doing and he would just like replace the old ministers okay then so in 1633 charles i replaces james i as king and we all know that goes really well for him oh yeah oh boy basically things are starting to like kind of go off here so Puritans aren't having a very good time. The crops are bad. There's plague. They're getting questioned for their religion. You know, people around England are not having a good time. Um, and like these ministers who are giving like these back alley sermons, they're like getting arrested. They're get, getting put in jail. They're getting fines. Some went into hiding and some went over the seas, particularly to like the Netherlands and stuff. So many people in Great Yarmouth decided they were going to move to New England and as places in New England had already been established by Puritans so it wasn't like they were going over there and there was no one there for them there was already like a community there it makes so much sense doesn't it (laughs) so removal to the US required money for ship's passage supplies for the journey food to last you until like a farm or business can be set up so basically the town started to get this together um, Rebecca's sister's Mary was baptised in August of 1634 and the family left the US. Except for her younger brother Edmund, who was like indentured to a shoemaker. So if you've got an apprenticeship, you can't just like leave the apprenticeship. You have to otherwise, like, you know, you've screwed them over. So he was going to join them after. Okay then. Oh, to be like decent, not because like 
he had to yeah. like by, no. like on pain of death or something yeah no <laughs> so basically 1635 is like the estimate we have for their arrival in the US so we have um, the baptism of Mary, her younger sister, which was in August 1634, and then a record of them in September, um, which was the separatists William Town and jo- Joanna, his wife, for neglecting to take communion at St. Nicholas in Northfield in Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, okay, then. <laughs> Oh, um, and this is where the official records <laughs> begin in 1635. So, <laughs> we are in Massachusetts Salem. If you don't know what we're talking about yet, then <laughs> you're in for a ride. Um, I've been to Salem. They love. Oh my God. They bloody love the witch trials there. Like everything. Yes. Everything, everything is based around like the witch trials. Tiny little witches that they hang up. And like, I really want to go. I would so it's love a, to go. It's a cool, quaint little town. Like it's not very big. Like the houses there are amazing. They're all just like, they're, it's like they're all they're like period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're amazing. I've got this really old like rickety like arcade there with like, you know, they're like, um, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, fortune teller thing from like Big. They've got that there. <laughs> just, like, it just they had it originally. Like it's just really old. Oh, I got my nice. fortune from that. Never came true. Yeah. Oh, maybe not yet. Maybe it's so well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's really cool. Everyone should go to Salem. It's awesome. <laughs> but go at Halloween because that's when that that's when like there's like oh the God. massive street party is supposed to be amazing. Yes. But... Wow, it's a bit weird to celebrate this actually. <laughs> it's a bit grim. Okay, so. Uh, Rebecca's early life in Salem. So Williams, her father's saltwater farm was on the south shore of the Eddicott River. Um, Rebecca's brother Edmund, along with his master and his master's family, actually joined them two years later. So he okay. he actually came over and brought like his master shoemaker guy <laughs> with him and his family. Um, and then also Rebecca's aunt and six cousins were there by 1638. So people were like moving over in waves. Um, Rebecca's mother had two more children while in Salem, Sarah and Joseph. Both were baptised in 1648, but we don't know their actual day of birth. So it could be like, yeah, one was born like nine months directly <laughs> after or something, but unsure. So Massachusetts was a part of the Church of England and everyone was expected to take part in sacraments, etc. and could be baptised or baptise their children and were like fully like a community of these members this was really good for them because basically puritans believe in like two sacraments they believe in uh baptism and the lord's supper and these are the ones that obviously they were doing in massachusetts Mm -hmm. um and also they weren't in england where there was a big fat civil war going on (laughs) so that was great Okay, so adulthood. Rebecca marries Francis Nurse on the 24th of August, 1644. So that's where she becomes Rebecca Nurse. Um, Francis was described as like a tray maker, which isn't tray actually maker. like a tray, how you would describe it now. It's probably more like a type of farming fence. Apparently. Oh, okay. Then. Yeah, but I just like that. I was like, oh. When I read that, I was like, what? A tray maker? Is there much of a market for trays? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's a huge market for trays in Massachusetts. <laughs> so Rebecca started bearing children from 1645, and she had a lot of them. Oh, boy. First was John. Two years later, a daughter also called Rebecca. Two years after that, a son called Samuel. And two years after that, a daughter called Sarah. Oh, 
1651, her father moved the whole family to Topsfield. So that's not like very far. It's like just a little town. Yeah. Um, in Salem. So around this time, people were already being started to be tried for witchcraft. For example, in Springfield, a couple called Hugh and Mary Parsons were tried and she was hung, whereas he was not. Interestingly, around the same time, the Quakers in the area started preaching alternative views to the Massachusetts government and laws were made against them, which they just protested more because that's what Quakers do. During the 1650s, uh, Rebecca and her husband Francis were under quite a bit of stress. Rebecca got very sick and Francis may have also been injured because there's a record of him being excused from his like local militia duties. We're not sure why, so it there's a chance he was injured at that time. Mm-hmm. However, things got better and by 1659, Rebecca gave birth to another child, Mary, followed two years later by Francis Jr. So this is like six or seven children that she's had. <laughs> it sounds exhausting. Yeah. Um, but between these two children in England, the monarchy had been reinstated. <laughs> <laughs> because we... We didn't really enjoy the Civil War. We were like, you know, we made, we made a mistake. We want to go back. I just tried doing Charles all over again. Second one. Second Charles. So Charles II's government required Massachusetts to start to tolerate sex other than the like Orthodox congregational one. So this is good for the Quakers. All right. Um, Rebecca had another daughter in 1665. And then her last child, the next year, 1666, called Benjamin. So one was during the Great Plague in England, and one was during the Great Fire of London, which they avoided because they're in Massachusetts. But it's nice to, like, get the context there. Um, So in 1670, this is interesting sidebar, but some gossip started to spread that Rebecca's mother was a witch. And because she spoke out against this man who was considered like unsuitable to lead a church and he had let personal resentments into his like sermons that he was giving and her mother spoke out like in favor of him. So this is a really good indication of what people are thinking. It's like jumping the gun, you know, like she's defending this guy. Oh, she must be a witch. Wow. So it doesn't take much then. It's just... No, not at all. Like... But her mother didn't get, like, prosecuted or anything. It was just, like, gossip. But it's an interesting, like, beginning to the story. (laughs) However, despite everything, Rebecca did join the Salem Church in 1672. So she's, like, an official member. And then next year, 1673, her father, William, died. 1674, this is, like, a... It doesn't really pertain to the story. I just thought it was interesting. A William woman called Elizabeth, like, left her daughter with the nurse family and never came back. Okay. Her daughter also called Elizabeth. She was, like, what, left just like, her with them. Can you uh, just watch her for the evening? I'm going to just nip <laughs> yeah. out and just vanished. Just vanished. Like, didn't come back. So now they've yeah. just, like, adopted this other <laughs> child. You know, they've got, like, seven or eight of their own or something. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting. They got, um, like, stuff from this woman's house, basically. Like, the, the kind of you know judge or whatever he is in that town said um that you can have like her stuff okay from her house because you're looking after her daughter so i guess they got something out of it um fair so francis her husband was like really um good man in the community he was like regarded well he sat in grand juries he gave evidence in like property cases 
he sat on a coroner's jury in 1676. So, and then in 1677 was appointed guardian of like this orphan teenager named Samuel. So he was like a well-liked guy. It wasn't like they were outcasts. Yeah. In April 1678, Francis made a down payment on a 300-acre farm. 100. Um, And they, like, managed to negotiate this, like, really sweet deal where they paid, like, £7 rent for the first, like, dozen years and then £10 a year thereafter. And they would pay off the money eventually. Um, So £7 in 16... 90s is about 800 pounds now really that is a sweet deal right that is a proper sweet deal i know so that's some like, top negotiating right there real top negotiating good haggling he's a haggle master <laughs> haggle master <laughs> that's what they called him it's the next nickname <laughs> um so basically by this time as well this couple they're in their late 50s because i don't know if you noticed but she didn't get married until she was like in her late twenties, which is quite like yeah, that's that's ancient unusual. for the sixteen hundreds. Yeah, so um, they're in their late fifties by now. Um, Francis built a little house on a hill, which was above the fields and meadows, and she's got all her like kids and her church and everything's going okay for Rebecca so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, then in sixteen eighty two, her mother died. And her parents' estate was divided between her and her siblings. Wait, how how old was her mother then? She Pretty must have been old. like proper. So this is, yeah, this is 1682. So yeah. I guess her mother must have been like, I don't know, in her 80s? Wow. 90, 90s that's, maybe? That's impressive for the 1600s. I know. This is, I mean, they're all, I mean, yeah, she did have, um, the mum had a couple of infant, like children die. But as far as I can tell from my research, none of Rebecca's children died. Yeah. So that's pretty I mean, impressive. Like, living a week is impressive. Like, I know, right? Like, well, this is because they moved to the Massachusetts, right? Like, they didn't have to, <laughs> the plague was all up in England. The 1780s had seen a couple of arrests for witchcraft, notably in 1688 when Goodwife Glover was hanged as a witch. That's one of the notable ones. Then in 1689, someone's pigs dug up Rebecca's garden. She was very angry and she, along with her younger son, Benjamin, walked over to another guy called Benjamin, Benjamin Holton's house, and shouted at them about the wandering pigs. Which is fair. And then Holton happened to fall ill and die not long afterwards. Oh boy. Oh dear. Rebecca, by this time, was in her 70s. She was like 71 by this time. Um, She was hard of hearing... But she had her whole family around her and her faith, and she was happy. Then comes 1692, which, if we know our history, you know, that 1692 to 1693 are the Salem Witch Trials. So, Rebecca Nurse wasn't the first person to be accused of witchcraft in Salem. By mid-March of 1692, perceived spectral threats had spread across the villages and beyond. For example, the Putman household had been struck with various aff- afflictions and Mrs. Bethusa had been struck with blindness. So this is kind of people around just accusing people of being witches because of various ailments. So Annie Putman, who was a child at this time, basically has come down with some sort of sickness, like convulsions. And it's always convulsions, isn't it? <laughs> 
and like you know um what you might like fits kind of thing what you might call like epilepsy or something yeah um but nowadays you know we know that convulsions could happen on all sorts of for all sorts of reasons and it can be nothing serious but back then it's definitely yeah some kind of wish basically it's definitely uh what do you call it um possession or something along those lines (laughs) yeah exactly it's definitely witchcraft um or of course she was faking it so um i any apartment basically claimed so basically the neighbors came to pray for her and she claimed that rebecca nurse and another woman were actually praying to the devil and not to god and she recalled seeing rebecca nurse's specter by her bedside threatening to torture her if she didn't sign her like soul away into the devil's book like this red leather bound volume oh boy but then of course annie like quoted scripture to her and like the specter went away but she tells this to her mother and father and all hell breaks loose uh, Rebecca Nurse, the real Rebecca Nurse, not the spectre Rebecca Nurse, um, doesn't know anything about this because she was actually ill that week and like in bed at home, frail and old and hard of hearing and I don't know what's going on. The gossip was that she was actually recovering from wounds that were dealt to her spectre. Okay. So people were just like running away with so, this craziness. Some uh, impressive imagination going on here. Yeah, I know. So some friends visited her and told her that people suspected her and she was super surprised. After she could hear what they were saying. What? Yeah. She, I think that, they think you're a witch. She's... What? They, th- they think you're a witch. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I wonder how they like actually <laughs> told her this news. They were like, um... Don't know how to tell you this, but... So Annie Putman um, continued to suffer from convulsions. Her former pastor, a guy called Lawson, prayed for her and told this spectre nurse, you know, spectre Rebecca nurse, to be gone. But then the next morning, on the 24th of March, Rebecca gets a knock at the door, told that she there's a warrant for her arrest based on the accusations by Edward and John Putman... No boy. Who obviously were representing Annie. So she was accused of not only afflicting Annie, but also other women who had been having afflictions, so like convulsions and fits and stuff. Um, this was Mary Walcott, Elizabeth Hubbard, and Abigail Williams were three of the women. So the public were actually really outraged with this. So there were some where, for example, the reason I chose Rebecca is because it's interesting She's not one of those ones where all the public were like pitchforks and, and fire and stuff. Mm. This one, they were not happy with. Okay. So the public were actually really outraged. She was a pious woman. She was good to her neighbours. She, you know, was a member of the church. Her husband was, um, you know, on the grand jury yeah, yeah. for things. They were good people. Even Sarah Holton, the widow of the guy who died after the pig incident... Mm. spoke out into her defense okay and those who testified on john halton's death said they didn't suspect witchcraft so which is a weird thing to say now do you know what i mean like (laughs) uh one of the things i don't think killed him was witchcraft but then that's like it's quite big evidence right so she was 71 and the oldest to be accused of the Salem witch trials um the magistrates were relatively nice to her they said to Rebecca that if she was innocent they prayed God would show her innocence because it's such a bad thing see members of the church <laughs> accused 
We're really sorry about what we're going to do to yeah. you. Okay. I mean, like, Great. if you're already that sorry, you could just not do it to me. No, no, no. We have to do it to you. But we are really sorry that we're going to do it to you. Mm, exactly. So is there, try... Oh, is there a Witchfinder General? Oh, well, <laughs> not in this case. Okay. No. Um, in Salem, I think, obviously, we know from the stories of Salem that this is just mass hysteria. Yeah. And, like, basically, like... It's just early modern bullying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. More mentality. But there were witchfinder generals, weren't there? Like yeah, other, yeah. there were other places that had them, but um not in Salem. We love sticking general after things, don't we? <laughs> witchfinder general, postmaster general. I wanna just... be a witchfinder general. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so good. Imagine having that job. <laughs> oh my god. Just like going to Just accuse houses anyone. And... Anyone that annoys Witches? you. Witch! I'd be like, oh man, I, the witch finder general's got me. Is it? Am I still a general if I'm a female? I think so, yeah. You can be a so. general, right? Okay, I'm taking it. Um, <laughs> okay, so her trial began on the 30th of June, 1692. However, can I just point out that some people say 29th of June. So, okay. Hey, hey. Um, I actually, I would like to go to the 29th because that's like the his- a historian I respect and book I really loved said 29th so around the 29th or 30th of June <laughs> um, her trial began she wasn't allowed a lawyer because at the time the law says if you're accused of witchcraft you're not allowed a lawyer okay um, we're really sorry we don't want to do this to you but we have to and we're also not going to give you a lawyer not going to give you any defence sorry <laughs> guilty 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 um, this is along with two other women uh, Sarah Good you won't recognise her name and Susanna Martin so during the trial these like afflicted women would break into fits claiming that Rebecca Nurse oh, was boy. torturing them such called like so, so called spectral evidence was allowed into the trial to show oh, that boy. Satan was afflicting others in the community at the behest of the accused in response to their outbursts Nurse stated I have got nobody to look to but God so she's still like because mm. basically God is her lawyer yeah because God. God is the one that's going to show her to be innocent, right? Obviously. So God is her lawyer. Well, at least I didn't, like, try and see if she drowned, like <laughs> how they did in some other places. Well, let's see how God does. I want to know how good Lord God is <laughs> well, at law. Let's see. <laughs> um, so, well, originally the jury found her not guilty. Ooh, well done, but, God. But the judge told them they could have another go. Deliberations oh, no. after renewed Did... fits and spas- spasms were held by the afflicted. So they basically, it's like not guilty, and then the afflicted were like, Oh, I'm having a fit, the nurse. And the judge was like, Hi, you know, have another go. And then they found her guilty and sentenced oh, her to death. God lost on appeal. So they sent the 71 year old lady, old lady, old pious lady who just had like all these kids, including one she adopted, um, to death. Oh boy. Yes. Um, I hope God was like a no win no fee lawyer because this is not on. <laughs> so on the third of July, Rebecca was actually excommunicated from the church, and on the twelfth of July, her death warrant was signed. Interestingly, at one point, the governor of Massachusetts actually granted a reprieve, but the reprieve was rescinded. That's just so <laughs> silly. Um, her family didn't go up. Um, 39 of the most important members of the community signed a petition on the nurse, on nurse's behalf 
and they collected statements from the family community. However, it was to no avail. Oh, boy. On the 19th of July, 1692, Rebecca, along with four others, were hanged. She submitted to it with humble dignity. In some stories of the aftermath, the family collected the body by night and some say she was carried on a small boat down the river. Both versions say she was buried in secret. Um, which is a bit weird to say because at that time, actually burying like executed family members wasn't a crime. It wasn't legal. It actually helped mm. them because it means they didn't have to like dispose of the bodies. Yeah. Um, but it might be because they hadn't like consecrated their ground. Okay. That she was buried in. I have a really funny about consecration actually. So outside my work, we have like a private garden in my work. And next to that is um, like a graveyard. Or an old, <laughs> it used to be a graveyard. It's not anymore. It was like church grounds. I don't know if it's like people buried there. It was like a church grounds. And we were asking you like something to do with can we use it for events? Because it's like if we have one the bigger space, yeah. it's like green. Um, <laughs> and we contacted the church and they were like, um, yeah, we can't find the proof that it was de- deconsecrated. <laughs> so could you like find the proof that it was deconsecrated? Because I can't, I was like, what? So they have to like, and I was like, what? We're going to have to like re-deconsecrate it. Like, <laughs> if so, can I be there? Because that sounds really fun. Do they have to do something? Or is it just like... Yeah, they have to like come with like, I don't know, holy water. Oh, right. So there's like I don't know. There's like a whole ceremony. So it's not like a case of where just they haven't moved the bodies yet. It's like, eh, it's still in there. No, I don't know if it's actually actually a graveyard. I think it's just part of the church grounds. Okay, then. Um, I think if it was a graveyard, it would be a bit harsh to like party on there. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like a part of the church grounds. So I don't know what they're doing. But anyway, something to do with we can't find proof that it's decons created. So I was like, I'll just do it now. I'll just <laughs> go out there and like, I don't know, say Macbeth and like spit and turn around as me. <laughs> Okay. But when they get rid of the bodies now, like <laughs> if they are like doing that to a to an old graveyard, now they just or now, but they have done for like, basically they just get the bodies up, don't they? Just stick it in a mass them all in a mass grave. That's what happened to uh Benedict Arnold. Mass yeah. graved him. I really hate the idea of being buried so much. Yeah, absolutely. So, That's absolutely just not, not happening. Horrific. But yeah, I just I think gravestones are so I don't like it. Yeah. We're doing one one. People can remember me through these wonderful podcasts. <laughs> um, I'm going to go the way of my... I can my, send it into space. My Asian brethren and uh, can burn me. <laughs> burn, Cremate baby, burn. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Francis passed his son. Uh, this is Rebecca's husband. Francis passed his farm to his sons and sons-in-law he's well now into his 70s and he died on 22nd of november 1695 um i think it was so sad that this old man had to live his last years his retirement years without his wife yeah that so does sad. suck so what about the aftermath of this well in 1706 her accuser annie putman jr gave a church confession upon entering the salem village congregation congregation she expressed great remorse for her role against rebecca she said i then being in childhood should by such a providence of god be made an instrument for the accusing of several persons of a grievous crime whereby their lives were taken from them whom i now have just grounds and good reason to believe they were innocent persons the nurse family accepted Anne's apology and were reconciled with her 
by contrast, they did not forgive Samuel Paris, who was the village minister at the time, who they had held personally to blame for their bereavement, and they did not rest until he was fired, which is awesome. <laughs> Um, in 1892, the community erected a monument recognising the 40 neighbours who took the risk of publicly supporting Ness by signing the petition um, in 1692. I think that's such a cool... Because there's a monument yeah. of her as well, but there's also this monument of the 40 people who risked their lives to help her, which I think is really cool. Um, in the spring of 1712... Um, reparations committee allotted sums of money to some of those accused of witchcraft and the nurse family received £25. Um, the first church of Salem, Salem also restored her membership to the church. Aww. In 1908, the ownership of the farm finally passed out of the family and the Rebecca Nurse Memorial Association acquired it and opened the house to the public as like a historic house. And... Um, as we probably all know, seeing we've done GCC English, <laughs> Rebecca Nurse <laughs> is one of the central characters in The Crucible. Um, in terms of the trials in general, the Salem Witch Trials happened between February 1692 and May 1693 in Massachusetts. At least 162 people were accused and 30 were found guilty. 19 were executed, 14 of them were women, women and 5 men. One man was pressed to death because oh he refused to plead, and at least five others died in jail. People were arrested in both Salem and the visitors around Salem, most notably Andover and Topsfield, which is where Nurse was from. In contrast, and this is how big this is, doesn't sound like a lot of people, but in contrast, only 14 other women and two men were executed in Massachusetts and Connecticut in the whole of the 17th century. Jeez. Like, that's it, it wasn't like it was like huge everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is how hysterical it was. The stories of the trials are prefer, like preserved in like court documents and commentary from the time. This is why it's like such rich information. And even though men were accused, the events mainly focused on women, both the accused and the accusers. What, what kind of create this hysteria? I mean, like, one thing is that I genuinely think it is, is, like, like I said, early modern bullying. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's it's kind of, like, I don't know, when something happens that's, like, unexplainable, like, medical, mm. you kind of don't know where else to look. Yeah. And it's this kind of, I don't know, it's, like, almost like a popularity thing, isn't it? Like, oh, I'm getting all this attention because I had, like, fits and something i don't know it's something really weird going on but hysteria is it's easy to get caught up in right yeah once it um, starts well that's why trump is I'm, in office i guess yeah <laughs> i guess people can use it to like right their advantage and stuff get rid of like accused rivals or like uh you know people they've got beef with exactly and um, i have just just um say about the book that i read for this um, is The Six Women of Salem, The Untold Story of the Accused and the Accusers in the Salem Witch Trials. So this Rebecca Nurse is one of the six women she talks about, and that's by uh, Marilyn K. Roach. There's also a couple of other really good books about um, the Salem Witch Trials. This is weird, actually. I went into Waterstones to buy a book about the Salem Witch Trials, and I couldn't find one in like their history section. It's quite small Waterstones. And I went up to the guy... <laughs> 
And I was like, hi, do you have any books on the Sailor Wish charts? <laughs> and he was like, I sold one this morning. He sold their only copy that morning. I was like, how are two people in this like small town where I am and staying with their parents <laughs> looking for a book on the Salem Witch Trials. It's just so weird. But yeah, I just got one on Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was the story of Rebecca Nurse. Wow. It's weird because like, I don't know, I didn't want to like, you know, verbatim go word for word over the trial or whatever. Yeah. Because it's mainly like, you know, but a lot of the people were supporting her and that's why she's interesting. Yeah, it's strange and they still pushed on with it. Yeah, and then, like, she was, like, giving a reprieve, and then she wasn't, and it's, like, it's just weird. Like, like we really mm. do hope that you're going to get, that God will find you innocent. Okay, we, you found me innocent now, so... Just, no, we're going to... We, yeah. we really hope we were going to get found innocent the second time, yeah. but we're going to have to do it again. Like, yeah, it's really strange. So strange. But she was dignified all the way up to the end. Yeah. Did you do the crucible for GCC English? Uh, I didn't. I did not. Mm, we did. We did. I did. Uh, I was Lizzie Lord Proctor. of the Flies. <laughs> we did. No, we did a Lord of the Flies too, but crucible was our play because you do oh, like okay, a modern then. play and a Shakespeare. What modern play did we do? I can't remember now. It wasn't the crucible though. It was a remember. long time ago. No. It was a long, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> when did you do your GCCs? Two thousand one. Uh, yes, 2000, yeah. uh, 2000, 2001, yeah. Yeah, because mine was 2005, so it seems it was such a long time ago, oh my gosh. Oh man, see, I was at, no, not uni? No, I was uni the year after that. Yeah, you're four years older than me. Oh, so what are you doing for the rest of your week? I am, what am I going to do for the rest of my week? Something that's not uh, working. Yeah, huh? <laughs> Tell me about something that's not work. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to like get, trying to do some kind of like, writing of my own in the evening, but it's just still, still not working. I've got too much to do during the day, and by the time I finish, it's too tired to do anything else. Yeah, so. sucks. Well, I'm moving house on Thursday. Oh yeah, that's exciting. Finally, hurrah, hurrah! Um, very excited. Uh, not looking forward to having to like do the actual moving yeah that's <laughs> it's being in there but i don't like moving all my shit yeah, some people like like unpacking i don't understand i don't mind unpacking it's more the getting the stuff from like the car into the house oh yeah that's grim but we were like let's just put the bed in the correct position <laughs> put like make the bed put the duvet on and everything and then so then when we're like done we can just go to sleep <laughs> We went to Ikea yesterday and bought, like, some stuff. I actually really enjoy Ikea, so... I enjoy Ikea mainly for the meatballs. We didn't get any, any food, or, food or drink, no. Then you we didn't just, really go to Ikea. Didn't, did you? <laughs> Let's go again, right now. Um, it's open. It's open till nine, would you believe it? Is it? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that busy, you know. Just don't go a weekend. It's not worth. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. Nothing. Nothing's worth it, worth it at the weekend. Um, But one thing you can do at the weekend is listen to episodes of Have You Ever Heard Of? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Work through that back catalogue. <laughs> um, and you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And thank you so much for everyone that's been uh, rating us as well. 
because we've got some ratings now, which is ah, excellent. Are they good ratings? They're all five stars, which is yes, very joyful. <laughs> Thank you very much, five starers. Five star. Uh, yeah, five starers. We're five, five stars. You are five yeah. stars. That's what we're saying. <laughs> and uh, follow us on our social media things at Have You Ever Pod. Yes, Twitter and Instagram. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.